It's Thursday, March the 5th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Bloomberg drops out and Lego sells more bricks. First, the world in brief. Michael Bloomberg suspended his presidential candidacy after a bruising Super Tuesday brought him but one victory in American Samoa. The billionaire and former mayor of New York spent hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising but stumbled in debates and failed to woo the party's center. He immediately endorsed Joe Biden, the revived favorite to rally moderate Democrats against Bernie Sanders, the left-wing senator from Vermont. The International Monetary Fund is offering $50 billion in emergency financing to help countries respond to the growing threat of COVID-19. It says $10 billion will be available to the lowest-income countries at zero interest. The World Bank pledged another $12 billion with priority for the poor. The World Health Organization calculated the disease's global mortality rate to be 3.4%. Meanwhile, the coronavirus continued its world tour, prompting event cancellations and policy reactions. Iran released 54,000 prisoners to stem contagion in prisons. Schools were closed and football matches cancelled in Italy, and California declared a state of emergency after recording its first death. In Australia, fighting erupted between shoppers over toilet tissue, which people have begun stockpiling. America launched its first airstrikes against the Taliban in Afghanistan since the two sides signed a peace agreement on February 29th. In the week preceding the deal, both had promised a significant reduction in violence. An American military spokesman said that Wednesday's defensive strikes were intended to counter Taliban attacks on Afghan government forces. Bodo Ramelov of Germany's left party was re-elected as minister-president of Thuringia with 42 out of 90 votes in the eastern state's legislature. His predecessor, Thomas Kemmerich of the Free Democrats, a small liberal party, resigned shortly after being elected with the help of votes from representatives of the far-right Alternative for Germany. As his own particular contribution to International Women's Day on March 8th, Venezuela's socialist president, Nicolas Maduro, called on women to have six children, encouraging them to give birth, give birth, for the good of the country. Once the richest country in South America, Venezuela is in an economic crisis. Between 2013 and 2018, the United Nations said some 13% of its children were malnourished. And Lego reported record sales last year with revenues up by 6% to $5.8 billion and net profit by 3% to $1.2 billion. Selling more plastic bricks than ever, the Danish toy maker stood out in an industry struggling to compete with digital devices for children's attention. The company said it planned to open 150 new stores this year, many of them in China, where it enjoyed strong growth. And now, here's today's agenda. Sneezy money. COVID-19 infects the economy. Policymakers are leaping into action to fight knock-on effects of the coronavirus. Central banks in America, Australia, Canada and Indonesia have cut interest rates, with Europe and Britain expected to follow. But cuts alone are not a solution. Companies and households face a cash crunch. Businesses with too little revenue may go bust, and many workers lack safety buffers of their own. So governments are turning to more targeted interventions. These include policies to ensure that credit flows smoothly, measures to help companies bear fixed costs, and extra spending to protect workers and jobs. 
The Bank of Korea is offering cheap loans to firms. Italy will offer tax credits to companies that experience a 25% drop in turnover. China's government has cut required social security contributions, and Japan will subsidize some people's wages. As the virus spreads, expect more interest rate cuts, but also the systematic deployment of a more complex cocktail of economic remedies. Putin and Erdogan, collision course. Presidents Vladimir Putin and Recep Tayyip Erdogan have met or spoken dozens of times since 2016 when they patched up their differences after Turkey downed a Russian warplane near the border with Syria. But none of their meetings will be as decisive as today's in Moscow. Over the past week, Turkey has answered the deaths of at least 36 of its soldiers in Syria's Idlib province with a punishing barrage of drone and artillery strikes against regime targets. Syria's main ally, Russia, has so far stayed out of the fighting. But Russia's rapprochement with Turkey, which culminated in several arms and energy deals, is on shaky ground. Mr. Putin wants complete victory in Idlib, the last jihadist and rebel stronghold in Syria. Mr. Erdogan is desperate to prevent the enclave's collapse and an exodus of a million new refugees into Turkey. The two strongmen could agree on a ceasefire simply to kick the can down the road. Let's make a deal. OPEC meets. The organization of the petroleum exporting countries and its allies meet today in Vienna. In December, they announced production cuts of 1.7 million barrels a day to brace themselves for booming production in not just America, a perpetual headache, but Brazil, Guyana and Norway. Those cuts now look woefully insufficient. The spread of COVID-19 pushed the price of Brent crude below $50 a barrel during the course of the day on February 28th. Saudi Arabia is among the OPEC producers keen to raise prices quickly. The IMF estimates that the kingdom needs oil at $83.60 to balance its budget. Russia, which has allied itself with the cartel since 2016, has habitually opposed output cuts only to agree to them at the last moment. To date, the benefits of increased influence and business dealings with OPEC members have trumped complaints about production limits from Russia's oil companies. Saudi Arabia is among those hoping that logic still holds in Vienna. End of the road, Geneva's Motor Show. The car industry's most prestigious showcase was reckoned to be immune from the waning enthusiasm for glitzy events. The Geneva Motor Show has instead fallen victim to the coronavirus. Due to start on March 2nd, it was abruptly cancelled. New models are being unveiled elsewhere or online. But signs that COVID-19 will exacerbate a longer-term condition are rife. Big shows both serve as press events where manufacturers show off new models and bosses explain strategy and let the public inspect cars they may want to buy. But carmakers now prefer quieter introductions away from the frenetic competitive unveilings at the shows. And the public buy after researching online and being nudged on social media. Rising costs and dwindling benefits for carmakers led to the recent cancelling of Frankfurt's biennial show. Now aged 90, Geneva's may be finished off by the virus if cancellation lengthens the growing list of manufacturers giving it a miss. Cracking down Twitter's fake news warnings. The social media giant has become concerned about its potentially noxious influence on American democracy. In 2017, the microblogging site increased its scrutiny of paid political advertisements before banning them entirely last autumn. 
Today, Twitter will begin stricter monitoring of tweets containing media, photos, videos or GIFs that have been misleadingly and harmfully edited in the judgment of the site. Twitter will either label such tweets as false or remove them entirely depending on their severity. President Donald Trump should watch out. He has shared doctored videos of Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House of Representatives and a favorite target. Democrats should also be more careful. A recent video posted by Michael Bloomberg would have been flagged had the policy been in effect. There could be even more restrictions on the way. The company is considering labeling any misleading information tweeted by public figures, even typed out rather than in a video or picture, as false. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Thomas Arne, who passed away on this day in 1778. The main study of every wise man is to arrive at rectitude. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.